podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Dream Team Tonic Podcast episode number 93. Um, I'm Tony and with me, as usual every week, is Ben. You there mate? Hello. Good evening. (laughs) James, are you there? (laughs) Oh Ben. Uh, Yes, I'm here. And a special guest, we always love having having him on, it's Andy Barnett. Are you there mate? Uh, yes, I'm here. Thanks for having me on again, gents. Our pleasure, mate. Our pleasure. Um, <laughs> seeing as you're the guest, Andy, you get to go first, mate. Let's have a run okay. through your team um, and see how you've been getting on this season. Yeah, okay. So, my team. Um, this is a team that's doing the best. It's obviously not the best score. Um, because I'm having a bit of a bit of a mare this season, but he's get, starting to get better. So in goal, I've got De Gea, uh, zero points this week. Trippier in defence, five points he's got. Shaw and Varane from Manchester United, they got zero points. And Vern from uh, Newcastle, he got eight points this weekend. Um, in midfield, I've got Almiron, he's got me three points. Odegaard's got me eight points for Arsenal. Mares didn't pick up anything this uh, weekend against Man U, and neither did Haaland, both on zero points. Uh, completing the f- strike force is Salah, big fat zero again, and Rashford, 13 points. Total of 37 points this week, and a total score of um, 1,127 for, well, it's only just slightly gone my second best performing team now, um, but this is the one that I have my main focus on. Yeah, what's what have you done with your transfers so far? Uh, my transfers, well, basically, I've only got one transfer left this month. The other four, I didn't really want to use any this early this month, but I had to sort out the shit show that was um, Leicester last month. Um, they did really well to start off with, but then the sun messed up for some reason, and um, I, I had to leave them in. Uh, and it caused havoc with plans that I'd actually made to try and sort things out. But I suppose it teaches me a lesson to try and be cute and uh, get a quick gain when there were um, cup games on. Uh, so, yeah, I got stung by that one. So, yeah, um, I ended up at the end of the month after using all my transfers uh, to do different transfers for what I was going to do because I had to sort out the mess that had been created. Um and then at the beginning of this month, I took out Prudence for Wolves, put Varane in for Manchester United, took Cancelo out and put Mares in for Man City, took Kulosevsky out, who was injured at the time, uh, and put Bernardo Silva for Man City. And Bernardo Silva, I've just taken out to put Dan Byrne in because obviously uh, Newcastle show no signs of um, stopping that clean sheet train that they've started uh, so I only had one uh, which was Trippier in I decided to increase my um, Newcastle contingent uh, to try and limit any damage that's made in you know in, in the mini leagues that you're in 
Uh, but yeah, that's uh, the transfer so far. I've only got one left. However, um, the players that are in my side now, um, I personally feel that they're, they're worthy of staying in there. So hopefully I can keep that one transfer till the end of the month to try and sort, you know, like some, some something going into into February. Yep. Yep, decent there. I'm sure we'll touch on Salah uh, within the questions later on. Ben, how have you got on this week, mate? Uh, I've got 42 points this week. Um, I've got the hearing goal, nil point. Maguire came off the bench with two minutes to go, <laughs> got a nil point. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> happy days. Couldn't move him out then, could I? Um, share 13 points, Starman. Trippier somehow only got five points. Um, De Bruyne, two points for assists. Almiron and Joe Linton, three points. Joe Linton uh, done me a blinder in midweek, though, didn't he? He did. What did he get? 15 points? Yeah, he's been a cracking little, uh, yeah. little differential there that you put in. Yeah. Uh, and Mares. Nothing. Rashford, 13 points. Kane, three points. And Haaland, nothing. Uh, still got four transfers left. Didn't uh, see any opportunities, really. Could have maybe moved Maguire on, but I was hoping he stayed on, on the bench. Yeah. He didn't come on, but he did. So hopefully he plays against Palace and then he can redeem himself. Get me a clean sheet. Yep. Good. James? Opportunity. Smashing it still, Tony. I don't know what's what's up what's happened. Um 61 points so far. Um doing well since the start of the season, <laughs> since the restart. Yeah. Um uh, the Newcastle block is obviously helping. Um Trippier, Saar, Botman, Byrne, um, all returning. Um De Gea and Goal, nothing. Um in midfield. Mares hasn't got anything this week so far. Almer on three, Odegaard eight. Quite pleased I kept Odegaard. Um, up front, 13 points from Rashford, zero from Haaland and three from Kane. So, yeah, it's uh, doing well at the moment. Five transfers left as well. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> You're going to be spoiled, aren't you? You're not going to want to be making any. Well, I, you know, I'd, I'm thinking I might save them for the end of the month. Um, I might um, possibly take a gamble, move off the, the Newcastle back line, although <laughs> they keep racking up those points. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. Um, Arsenal still have... They, they're not, they don't start Europe until uh, March, but they still have five fixtures in February, so that, that could be a, could be a play... Um, maybe getting sat, the likes of Saka back in there bef- with yeah. the with the last set tr- with the transfers on that last Thursday of the month. But um, I'm still I'm not in any rush to make any changes. Well, I'm still thinking about that. Yeah, looking good, looking good, mate. The train keeps on chugging since the uh, restart. It does. My side, not quite as uh, as good as you lads this week. Thirty-two points only. Um, De Gea, zero. Wambasaka, three points. Played well. Um, Byrne, eight points. Trippier, five points. 
De Bruyne, two points. Fernandez, um, eight points. Almiron, three points. Foden, zero. Kane, three points. Haaland, zero points. And the man that's holding this team back, because I couldn't quite afford Rashford, Martial, who went off injured, I think, at half-time as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing that uh, I need to get sorted in this team, really, is Martial. Uh, Fernandez, gonna... Sorry. I was just going to say, are you going to uh, bring in Rashford this week, or are you? Well, I, I think I'm going to try to. I did have a, I did have penciled in at one point Fernandez and Martial to Rashford, and I think I had him. So I'm basically using the funds from Fernandez to fund Martial to Rashford, um, and I just I decided against it with a double double header yeah. for Martial. I thought he would just do me. I yeah. just leave it, um, obviously. That cost me 13 points and I've got an injured player who probably won't play midweek but hey ho are you not tempted to get rid of Foden he's just not yeah. doing it is he I yeah. know you love him but you know I know he's they were alright City they just they looked toothless weirdly mm. they really did look like they didn't create much at all I don't know whether that were down to United playing well defending well or just City not having much idea. Um, but I think we'll all agree that that goal was well, a disgusting decision. <laughs> I, I, honestly, <laughs> I, I oh, the last goal. I, I cannot believe it were given. <laughs> I, it's it was ridiculous. I, I'm not interfering with play. I'm just shielding the ball. I'm just shielding the ball yeah. so that no one else can touch it. I'm not interfering with play, though. Yes. Yeah, right. Absolute bollocks. I don't care what the <laughs> law says and all that crap. It's never been interpreted that way. That is usually... I've never seen... I don't think I've ever seen a worse decision. It is just scandalous. Scandalous, yeah. but... They've made, he, wasn't uh... even, he wasn't even accidentally shielding the ball, was he? He had his arms out to stop players from getting into it until uh, Bruno Fernandes came chugging through. At one point, he looked like he did a step over. <laughs> he, was floating his, he was floating his leg around the ball as he was going to touch it. He looked like he did a step over. Yeah, it's just crazy, crazy. Um, yeah, they should have just stuck with the on-field decision. He was offside. I think yeah. they uh, bowed to the pressure of Fernandes screaming at the linesman and uh, pleading his case. Yeah, turn the game on its head. Yeah, I mean, I'm well, not complaining. They have Fernandez in most of my, most of my teams, so <laughs> you know, what I mean? you're a nice eight points. But they yeah. they have made a rod for the back with this this rule, like um, not interfering with play. There's been a few goals in the last few weeks where players have been. I think Salah scored one as well, where he was in an offside position. Yeah, or some someone was in an offside. Yeah, position. that, was, that was a crazy one. decision as well. Yeah. But it's like before, if you was offside, you was offside. Now they've like yep. made it complicated, so the referees have to interpret it their own way. Like yep. it's not obvious anymore. It's complicated. Need to go back to the old offside rule, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. There were a few examples of that goal that got stood for Salah when he basically knocked the ball over, and the defender's got a slight touch on the head. And it's still gone to Salah. I mean, once that ball's kicked, Salah's offside. Before it hits yeah. that defender, he's offside. 
doesn't matter about first phase, second phase, or it's deflected off a defender. Once that ball's kicked, the first it's like the, the first decision is offside. So that's where they should go with. And then it's like with the Fernandez goal, I think it was it was it a Kanji were chasing him back, uh, yeah. chasing Rashford. Yeah. If a Kanji had just gone straight through the back of Rashford, he'd have probably got a red card. But then they'd have overturned it because they said, well, he was offside. All he needed to do was boot, boot for Rashford to the ground. They'd have given him a red card, sent him off. Then they'd have reviewed it on VAR and said, well, actually, the first offence is offside. So the red card's rescinded. And, and, and basically, it's a free kick to Man City. So by, by not touching Rashford, it, yeah, it's just, it's just things like that. It's a mess. It's a mess. Like I say, leaving it open to interpretation... You're leaving it open to a lack of consistency through refs and games and and the decisions. Well, yeah. you say that, but um, I I don't know. I've I've not seen many people say they didn't think that should that sh- shouldn't have been chalked off. Um, all the all the pundits were saying that was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but but I get your point. It's there is interpretation there, and that's where it's falling down. Yeah, I, I mean, like you say, who interprets it that way? Who interprets that situation <laughs> yeah. that way? The VAR referee, who I can't... Read Michael Oliver on VAR. Um, I think it was. Not and, sure. And the on-pitch ref- referee. Between them both, they've decided that is the way... I, I can't believe it. Shocking. Anyway, let's jump into the listener questions. Um, Tom has been on the Discord. Are we putting too much stock in Salah's Dream team history. Liverpool are rotten and he takes up a huge chunk of budget that could be better spent elsewhere. James, you know I'm coming to you first for that one. <laughs> I thought Salah, you might. He's been a bit of a problem, isn't it? Uh I think if if Liverpool fail to beat Wolves on Tuesday, I, I will be moving off the only Liverpool player I have in any of my teams, which is Salah. Um unless, of course, there are rearrangements um I might reconsider. But Liverpool don't look don't look good. I'll be the first to admit that. Um, yes. And if they've only got, uh, I think they've at the moment they've only got two games for the rest of the month. Uh, was it three potentially? That their fixture volume's not there. It's a great excuse to get off them. They're not they're not performing. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be sticking with him just because of his because of his, his of his uh, previous history. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, like like you just said, basically, uh, they haven't got the, the fixed account, but there is a possibility of um, Chelsea's. They've got a game with Chelsea to be rearranged. So during the FA Cup fourth round, we could play there, but still, it's a tough match, isn't it, Chelsea? We've got Chelsea again next week. So there'll, there'll be Chelsea and then Chelsea again. So. I can't see that happening, to tell you the truth. Like we all mentioned it, I think we mentioned it last week on the podcast. Or was it on the live Q&A um, we were saying about the Premier League don't like to put uh, two fixtures back-to-back of the same two teams. So, yeah, so if that if they don't get a game on that weekend, then it's definitely a jump off. But um, Salah's not in most of my teams now. Um, he's like my fourth choice at the moment. So at the moment, yeah, definitely you could move off him. Um but I'd still 
I still have him in your thoughts because he can just turn it on and score 15 points out of the blue. Yeah. It's just, that's just sort of player he is. Scary not having him. He, he, like I was, I've said before, he, he ruined me when he had that Rangers game and I yeah. didn't have him in my team. He was on a bad run then, wasn't he? And then he came good again. And he scored a few 13-pointers, 23s, 15-pointers. And now he's like... he's a. Uh, Fourth highest scoring player on, on the whole game, so he's still ticking along, even though Liverpool aren't doing so well. Yeah, what do you think, Andy? Yeah, funny you should say that, Ben. Uh, that's something that I thought about when I actually read that question. Uh, so what I decided to do was I decided to just have a little, a little deep dive into um, the strikers' stats. Um, so. First and foremost, when you look at the, you know, like Haaland, Rashford, Salah, Kane, um, you look at the the total score on the year, they're sort of like first, third, fourth, uh, first, third and fourth, aren't they? Um, And Kane's fifth uh, overall. Now, the total scores, if you take Haaland out, and you look at the actual total scores for half a season, it's like uh, Rashford, for instance, is on 156, Salah's on 149. Now, it's only half a season that's gone now, and if you double that, that's 300 points. So any player that gets 300 points for you on on the season, you'd expect them to be somewhere in the the 7 million, you know, like at the beginning of the season, the highest scoring points. Uh, So not just looking at the total scores, I just thought, you know, form is a very important part as well uh, of making decisions of how you're going to go going forward. So the best point to actually take the form from was uh, from when we've come back from the World Cup, which was um, week 15, in the dream team. So from week 15 to now, uh, most of the teams have had like six, six or seven games. Some have had five. Um, and it's surprising what, what it's come up with. Um, now Salah has scored 31 points in the last four game weeks. He's had total of six games and he's scored an average of 5.2 points per game. Now, that's not necessarily that bad. He's still scoring an average of 5.2 ga- uh, goals per game. Um, if you look at Haaland, he's played six games. He's actually scored 30 points and he's an average of five points a game. So Haaland is being outscored by Salah at the moment. And then you've got Kane. Um, Spurs don't seem to be doing much, but I know Kane scored a few goals. He scored 42 points, uh, five games he's played. And these games, I, I know Spurs have played more games. It just depends on, you know, if they don't actually get onto the pitch, I don't class it as a game for them, for that individual player. Uh, so that's the reason why uh, some of them have got five or what have you. He's scoring an average of 8.4 points per game. And then you've got Rashford, who seems to be uh, the cream of the crop at the moment. He's played seven games since the restart and he's scoring an average of 10.6 points per game and on 74 points. So looking at those figures, um, Rashford, uh, sorry, Salah isn't the worst. It's Haaland that's the worst. And, you know, a lot of people are thinking, you know, like, oh, is it time to put Kane in for Salah, Salah in for Kane? Um, 
going on these figures, Haaland's the worst out of those premium strikers that we were just talking about. However, because Haaland is so highly owned, nobody wants to take him out because as soon as he does score, and we know that he will do, then it's a big problem for you because everybody else is overtaking you then. Uh, but yeah, that's just my thoughts on the the, 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 the seller thing. I just don't think uh, you need to be in a rush to take him out just yet while he's still scoring okay. Yeah. Good, good stats there, Andy. Um, like you say, um, I think I think Salah was the scapegoat and the one that were dropping out much because of the uh, fixture count, I'd say. But like when you put it like that, and you st- if you start to even the games up, and Haaland carries on going on through a bit of a barren run, it'd be a, an interesting decision. But Spurs again looked well toothless. Is is a word? Um, I know Arsenal are playing very well, and they're a very good side. But yeah, just it's just every time I watch Spurs, it just seems to be the same same crap each each time. It's very lacklustre, not much going on. They go behind and they have a bit of a spurt. And then, yeah, they just flatter to deceive. It's just um, a little bit poor from them. Um, but I, I don't I don't actually own more Salah in one of my sides, which earlier on in the season it worked. Um, a bit of a sore start. And then he, like, like Ben said about the, the Rangers game, burning a few people. That caught me out um, as well. But then I did put him back in the side. And then now I've got mostly Harry Kane's. And obviously Rashford coming through, he's the man at the minute. He's yeah. completely cemented his spot. I think he's a must-have. Um, obviously scoring in Starman against City. So he's, he's proven his fixture proof as well. Um, he is a man on fire. <clears throat> uh, so long, wait. long may that continue. But yeah... Salah's such a, a dangerous player when when he's on form and he's not really hit any form this season, I would say. I think that's fair to say he's not had a really good patch. Um but he's still the four or five scorer on the game. And I think that says a lot. So yeah, ignore him at your peril. Um Right. An interesting question here from Dino, um, who's gone from Managing just one dream team to ten dream teams this year. Uh, obviously, been part of the Discord. We always say maximise your uh, chances, get all ten teams in. Um, he says he's been struggling with a busy life of, and, and fancy football, trying to balance it. Um, he knows he's not going to be able to turn it around this year, but he wants to set himself up with good habits for next year. How do you make sure you don't forget to make transfers on Thursdays? What are your generally methods for setting time aside for your dream team? And can you help me be more organised and prepared? Any help and tips will be appreciated, not no matter how small. Cheers, guys. Um, go then, James. What do you reckon? Well, it's definitely a challenging challenge. A challenge managing ten teams. Um, I've thought about the merits of reducing the number of teams. I know certain you know players like Fergie this year have got only gone for five because there is an extra headspace required to do all ten. But then I think back to last season when I when I had a Spurs block in one of my sides, and I'm not sure I would have done that if I didn't have 10 teams. And that's what set me up for my um, my highest ever finish, basically. Um, so the Spurs got three or four clean sheets on the bounce. 
And then I quickly moved off them as I realized they were quite lucky to do that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I think if you, if you want to be serious about winning it, I think 10 teams is important, but um, I get where he's coming from. It is, it, it is difficult, especially when, I mean, like my, myself this year, I've got, I've only just killed off two teams. <laughs> yeah. And what I've done is I've, I've, re, I've renamed them dead one and dead two. And, <laughs> um, and I'm not going to touch them again. I'm not even going to look at them because there does become a point in the season where you have to cull those teams down. So that, you know, uh, I probably left it a bit too late to do that. You know, I could have done that a bit sooner. Um, so, yeah, whittle those teams down when you can. Um, obviously, don't get rid of them if, if there's still a chance that they could overtake some of your other ones. But, you know, a quarter of the way into the season, you probably should look at your teams and start culling a few. Um, and I think my number one tip would be listen to the podcast every early in, early in the week, if you can, um, yeah. to... And then that'll give you the headspace to be able to think about things before that Wednesday, Thursday, when you really need to be start needing to be nailing those plans. Um, so, but if if on Wednesday, Thursday you've got a rough idea, rough plan in your head, then when it comes to that sort of those last games on the Thursday evening, um, you, you'll you'll have already thought it through, and you'll you'll be able to go, yep, yeah, um, that Arsenal player played or whatever on a Thursday night, I'm going to bring him in. Um, and the other thing that I quite often do is set, set an alarm to remind myself of to do transfers. Um, but um, being part of Dream Team Tonic, um, Dream Team's re- really far from my thoughts, but you know, that's certainly something I, I certainly have to do that for the FPL deadlines these days. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that would be my tips. What do you reckon, the chaps? Andy? Yeah, Dino. <laughs> Just like James said, uh, that's one of the things. Uh, on my phone, um, I've got an alarm that goes off once a week, every week, and it's at 10 o'clock on a Thursday evening. And it's just basically, yeah. when I look at my phone when it goes off, it says uh, transfers, basically. Um, it's all about preparation, I think. Uh, I'm doing the same thing that you're actually doing, but I'm probably a little bit ahead of you because last year was the first year that I actually went in with 10 teams. Uh, and I've actually been playing Dream Team since 1996, uh, which is a long a long time ago. <laughs> but I've uh, my ears have only just perked up from, uh, last season, basically, um, and the back end of the season before. Uh, so yeah, um, another thing that you could do, you always be aware of the fixture counts and suspensions and injuries and stuff like that. Uh, the way that I do that is I'll, on my PC, um, I'll just go on to my favourites. I've got like a football folder on the favourites bar uh, and it's certain pages of different websites, whether it's the injuries website, uh, the BBC uh, sport fixtures, you know, for football and stuff like that. Uh, FF stuff, um, which is a wonderful uh, website as well. Uh, just basically go onto those sites, keep yourself aware of what's going on, make a plan and stick to it, providing that there's no injuries and stuff like that. Uh, because you can, you know, if you don't stick to your plan, it kind of spirals out of control and you start doing things that you you wouldn't normally do. Um, 
Choose a podcast to listen to and listen to it before making your decision. So just like James said, you know, like try and listen to it as early on in the week as possible. Because what you'll find is when you're listening to the experts, which are the other three guys that are on this pod, uh, speaking and you, you listen to some of the questions, it sort of like gives you a, a lot of food for thought uh, with regards to the upcoming week and the upcoming month. Um, and it will sort of like calm your mind and help you focus on what you need to do. Um, one more thing uh, that I do now, uh, because I've also been introduced to different <laughs> different fantasy football formats, whereas I used to only do the Sun, but it just works with, you know, if you do have 10 teams. Um, I have made a WhatsApp chat just with myself, Um so I've put my wife in it and then deleted her from the conversation and I have one WhatsApp chat <laughs> just called some dream team. <laughs> so, you know what the so, first sign of madness is, um, Andrew? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, however, there's a method behind the madness. Um, so what I do is if I've got like four or five teams, it can be difficult to keep a track of what's going on in each team. So what I will do, there'll be certain dates like on the 17th of June, for instance. I know football's not being played then, but I'm just using it as an example. On the 17th of June, take out Salah for Kane, for instance. Uh, yeah. And you just put dates down and things that you're supposed to be doing and with the actual team name. So if at least once a week you go onto that chat, you'll see stuff that you've put down for further forward because there's a lot of information that you take in uh, with regards to fantasy football. And because of the amount of information, it's easy to forget stuff. So if there is something that's really important and it's something that's date-orientated, uh, I would put it in the chat. So then when I go onto the chat and have a quick look, I'm reminded of certain things on certain dates and it just helps you sort of like... Um, uh, with your plans. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what I do. Um, and maybe that's something that you might find interesting uh, that might, you might want to do as well, Dino. Yeah, good stuff, Andy. Like a Ben? I think the boys covered it pretty well there. Um, just a couple of things to add. Really, uh, you've got to get yourself on the Discord a bit more often, Dino. Um, I don't see you on there that often. Um Especially on a Thursday, if you've got any tr uh, queries with your transfers, put them in the transfer suggestions. And I'm sure all the lads in there will help you with, with your uh, transfer problems. Um, also, dedication. you've got to dedicate a lot of time to your team if you want to be successful. Um, and it can be hard if you're out with your family and uh, you work and that. You've just got to set, set uh, time aside. Um, especially when there's matches going on the weekend, you got to like try and look at the the lineups and see if there's a player that you've had your eye on is definitely playing and that you've got to make sure you can get him in your team. Uh, so I, I've been out with the misses before and I'm like, I've got to do transfers. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, not again. So Bloody I, football. Like, don't, talk, just don't talk to me for an hour. I'm doing transfers yeah. and only 10 teams. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it <laughs> um, also like you saying about the whatsapp group um, 
you could use your notebook on your phone or get yourself a little notepad and write down ideas you've you've got for the coming week or transfers for certain dates write them in your book and then keep referring back to it uh, and obviously like they said as well with the alarms set your alarm for a Thursday night that's an important one if you want to get the price rises um, yeah. I think uh, I can't think of anything else what about you Tony? Yeah I think the alarms I've got alarms in big capitals here obviously alarm yeah. for your transfers on your Thursday make sure you don't miss any price rises because um, if you miss that, that deadline um, and the price rises go against you uh, in that morning it could cost you a player it could, it could cost you a player that you wanted so it's very very important um, i say just um, watching a lot of football uh, is always a, a good idea I try to watch as many games as I can um, it's not it's not a strenuous task having a few beers and watching the football but it's um the eye test does go a long way um alarms for the lineups is big like i said ben says about you're out with your family and stuff but sometimes it's not for every lineup but if if you've got a plan that week and you and, you, and you've pinpointed a day like i might be making this transfer i might want to bring this player in or if this player isn't starting i need to take him out then Put an, just put an alarm in your phone for an hour before the kickoff. Get that line up and make your decision. Do the, make the decision. Either move the player on, leave him in, whatever it might be, and then put your phone away. And, it, and you can be more. Um, you can be pretty. Pretty. What's the word? Lose it. Lost the word. Um, basically, you don't have to take too much time to do it. If you do, if you're a bit organised beforehand. Um, and his suggestion, like, like he says, with the WhatsApp group and making notes on players. Uh, when you're listening to the podcast, um, jot down notes, jot down notes, what we're saying about fixture quantities, qualities, and just make little notes that, so then if it, when it comes to making your decisions and, and doing it, it's not that time consuming. You've listened to the pod once, you've made the notes that you need out of it, and then just attack them little areas that you're going to do. So you'll be more uh, efficient. That's the word. That's the word I'm looking for. Um yeah, Discord, it's there for help. Um, there's a lot of very, very good managers. There's not just there's yeah. not just those lads on this podcast that are, are good managers. There's a lot of good managers in that in that Discord, and they're, and they're very open. They're very willing willing to give you help on any dilemmas you've got. Um, so yeah, don't be don't be shy of getting it in there and and asking for a little bit of help, even if it's just between designing two players. Who would you put in? I'm sure you get some some good, well well rounded answers. Uh, as always, um, cheers for that question. It's a good question, that Dino. Hopefully, um, you can turn it around a little bit this season, and um, especially when you're looking to plan for next season, getting that Discord early as soon as the game's released and see what see what people are planning uh, as it as it comes towards uh, setting your teams up for the season, and that, that hopefully give you a little bit of a bump at the start. Um, yeah, onwards. Lee Hooper, um, is Casemiro an option going forward at 3.3 mil? He's done a bit of research and he blanked in his first six games at United, but since then in 19 games he's got a 7 rating in 14 of those, a 6.9 rating in three games and a poor rating just twice. Looks like one of the most informed players in the world right now and getting a minimum of three points a game should keep happening very regularly. Has anyone, uh, has anyone thought about Casemiro? 
Dan, you like a differential, mate? Um, yeah, I've had a look at him, but like short term, he's could be a, an option, but it's gonna you're gonna want him out again pretty soon. Um, I think three point three is probably a bit too dear now for him. He was a bit cheaper before. He was like mm. two point six at one point. And he was a good option. He's gone up now, so he's like he's in the same league as players like Odegaard, Almiron, um, McAllister. He could be an option as well uh, at at one point um, when uh, Brighton get these fixtures rearranged, so they could have a bit of a fixture pile up. But um, yeah, um, you got you've got players that are playing a similar role, haven't you? Like Shaka. He's two point three million. Uh, Hoiberg's three point five million. He's been doing a similar thing. Ericsson's three point three million. So, yeah, I don't know. <coughs> I probably wouldn't go there now. Um, probably better just getting on the Odegaard train now. I know it's. Yeah. I know there's less fixtures for uh, Arsenal. It's a four for two at the minute. I think for United, but you're gonna want to get on Odegaard again anyway. So. Probably better just to go there straight away. Yeah. Andy? Yeah, uh, touching on what Ben just said there, um, <laughs> getting on the Odegaard train, there are other players that are sort of like similar value. Uh, it, it is good to point out that he is getting his ratings very regularly. Uh, so he is the type of player that you want to get in if your regular players aren't scoring. So if you've got like, you know, like the template players that everybody's got, if they're not scoring, unfortunately all the template players are now, uh, You, you obviously it doesn't really matter if he's getting three points a game because it's people that are outscoring him. Now, Casimiro, uh, since the World Cup, he's averaging 4.1 games on um, a spread of seven games. 4.1 points per game, sorry. Uh, Odegaard, He's averaging 8.5 points per game on the four games that he's played. Um, so, yeah, he's more than doubling Casemiro. So, when Ben said, yeah, there's a four for two over the next few games, uh, it probably still would be better having Odegaard in for the for for, for the half the number of games that he's going to be playing. Uh, plus, Odegaard is, well, Casemiro's nailed as well anyway. Um yeah. But yeah, uh, you've you've got, got March, Odegaard, Mares, Fernandez. I know Mares and Fernandez are a lot more than um, Odegaard, but March isn't. Uh, they're doing better form wise uh, than Casimiro. Uh, it's a good point on consistency, though. Um, but at the moment, I would probably look at others that are of a similar value that are getting good returns, and there is quite a few players. Uh, that are getting good returns at the moment. Yeah. Also, uh, just to add, sorry, um, maybe if you're in James's position where you've got five transfers, you could probably go for Casemiro a little for for those two game weeks and then move on to Odegaard because of uh, the difficulty of the two fixtures, uh, Man United and Man City. But Arsenal are on, on good form, so they could win both games as well. So it's just... it's. It's your appetite for a little uh, punt on Casemiro, really. We all know about Lee's appetite for punts. Do, do, we, want, do we want to be recommending more punts? Yeah, probably. 
Talking of punts, what about that Garnacho lad at United? He looks a little wide wired, doesn't he? He'd be he alright. He's been he's brought on fairly regular. Maybe, maybe we need, a more we need... Yeah, maybe. I thought it was funny in the Discord um, <laughs> when the match was going on. Everyone were effing and blinding when it looked like Rashford were coming off at, uh, just before half time. And then all of a sudden it's, yay, Rashford! You've got Rashford captain, you know, <laughs> when he gets his goal later on. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really funny how everybody can be so down and then. Uh, so elated, you know, like a, a few moments later. Absolutely. I think Baz was, Baz was happy to see Rashford again, weren't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> see Rashford. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, here's a punt. Wady, is Leno an option in goal? The man seems to be getting so many ratings and star bands. Obviously, it's Fulham, so you can't expect it every week. Um, plus, there's no Europe. But 3.1 mil is a good price. Or would you stick it out with De Gea or Port? What do you reckon, Andy? Okay, yeah. I'll have a look at this question. Uh, Three-star men in 18, 18 games. Uh, but Leno, from those three-star men in 18 games, he's got 47 points in total. Uh, I don't personally think he's uh, an option. Uh, and this is the reason why you've got two other keepers um, that people probably don't think much of at the moment either. You've got Kepper, who's less money, 2.9 million. He's started 17 games, uh, sorry, he's played in 17 games uh, and he's only had one star man. However, he's amassed 15 points more, or 62 points in total over the season. And then you've got Henderson from Nottingham Forest. Uh, nobody fancies them either. Uh, he's also got three-star men, but he's played two extra games. Uh, so he's had 20 games instead of 18. Um, and he's 2.7 million, so 0.4 million less. And he scored a total of 60 points. So he scored 13 points more than Leno. So, yeah, I, I think what you're possibly doing, Wade, is you're probably looking at a, a few games in isolation, which might be close together and thinking, oh, wow, uh, this is the, the next big scoring sensation um but when you when you look at the the bare bones of it there are other players that are in lesser teams as well as players that are in teams that have got the potential to keep a lot of clean sheets such as Chelsea if they get their act together uh, and they're actually less money so yeah you can spend your money better as well in just in my opinion anyway yeah Ben yeah he's not an option for me uh, I've, I've not even thought about really because now we're coming up to February we want to start getting extra fixtures and obviously uh, start looking at European goalkeepers um, that's one of the reasons I put De Gea in and start with because he's so he was cheap at, uh, was he like 2.9 or 3 million or something at the start yeah. of the end of the World Cup so yeah a good price yeah he was a great price um, so no, there's other keepers around there that are cheaper if you wanted to do that. Like like he, uh, Andy just named some. You've got David Raya as well, 2.3. Um, Sanchez, 2.2, if you're looking yeah. for an enabler. So, um, no, he's not an option for me. Yep. James? Leno Wady, I would say. <laughs> um, too expensive at 3.1 doesn't play in Europe. He did mention that. 
but if you there are players with a better points per million um, that are cheaper than that, if you're going to go for a non-European keeper, I would steer clear personally. Yeah, I think you've all covered it pretty well there. Um, I wouldn't be going with Phil Leno either. There's probably three or four better options, possibly at a cheaper price as well, um, of the names mentioned. Um, hey, it's, it's a, a lot of these questions are on punt side. The Tomo, Almiron to Solly March. Talk to me. Ben? I reckon Andy's got a good answer for this. Go on, Andy. <laughs> Well, looking at that question, <laughs> it sounds a little bit like a what was he called Terry Tibbs off phone jacker? Elmer on Sully March, talk to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> at the moment, what's not to like? Uh, the form's good, the price is ex- excellent, uh, and also he's going to be getting a rise as well. Um, he plays in attack. Uh, does Sully Marsh? And um, Brighton are getting great results at the moment. The last time that Solly March didn't make the pitch for uh, Brighton as well was in game week three. Um, so, yeah, I do think that it's a good um, a good idea if that's what you wanted to do. Um, I know, obviously, people are probably thinking, oh, well, it's Almiron, he's playing for Newcastle, he's doing really well. Uh, this is where I've gone into the uh, the form since the we've come back from the World Cup. Um, Almiron's scored 15 points in seven games, so he's averaging 2.1 points per game. Uh, whereas Solly March, um, he's scored 52 points in six games, and he's averaging 8.7 points per game. So Brighton's form is on the increase. Um, whereas I'm not talking about Newcastle because their form is good, but Almiron is still getting his minutes on the pitch. He's he's playing more or less every game. It's just that his output has dipped alarmingly and he's only getting 2.1 points per game on average. So, yes, uh, it'd be a yes for me. And I've got him in my side and I need to get him out as well. So, March could be one of the ones that I'd be uh, looking at, depending on the funds that I've got available anyway. Yeah, James. At two point three million, I I don't this I don't think it's um a crazy move. Um, he's cert- he's certainly banging form. There's no doubt about that. Um, and bright Brighton are looking good. I'm sad sadly I I might say um <laughs> better than Liverpool anyway. Um, yeah, so. I, the only problem is, of course, it, there will, when the European fixtures come round, it's a transfer waiting to happen, as they say. But if you need the funds short term to ride the wave, possibly get a few price rises, I'm not totally against it. Not at 2.3 million and with the form that he's in. Yeah. Ben? Um, I personally wouldn't do it if I... I... If I was on Almiron, I wouldn't move to Solly March just because of the fixtures. Uh, Newcastle have got Palace, Southampton, and then Southampton in the double header of the Carabao Cup. Um, they've still got extra game over Brighton unless they get them games rearranged that we've been on about against Bournemouth and Palace. Then Brighton, are t- we're talking to Brighton uh, then for me. 
this is so annoying for me because I had Sully March in a couple of teams earlier in the season. <laughs> he got a couple mm-hmm. of assists, like, and I thought, all right, this could be an enabler. He was like 1.7 or something. So I put him in at start at half, well, I don't know, 10, 12 games into the season and he did nothing. Went, and then I was like, all right, I'll get back off him. And then he's like, new managers playing him in the front three and he's now he's scoring for fun. Was it? Has he got three star mans in the last five games or something, Dad? Yeah. Unreal. He's hit a purple patch, hasn't he? Yeah, he didn't he didn't score a goal before before the World Cup and now he's got <coughs> four goals in the world since the World Cup. Yeah, I think it was no so, goal in fifty eight games or something crazy yeah. like that, weren't it? And then So uh, is this just a bit of a blip or is he gonna carry it on? Well, the new manager fancies him, doesn't he? Yeah. He likes him. So I pre- I prefer Mitoma to tell the truth. Yeah, he looked brilliant. Look absolutely mm. brilliant again. Is he one point eight million? Uh, two point four now. Two point four now, bloody hell! He's had back to back rises. I think I bought him at one point eight. <laughs> yeah, that's why I haven't looked. Yeah, there's some so many great uh, price players in the Brighton team now. Like if you're yeah. looking for enablers, Definitely. they're everywhere. Yeah. Nice twenty points for Soy March. You can see the attraction. Yeah. Um, it it would have obviously depend who you were taking out for him. Um, if it was if it was Almiron, as you say, would I do that? Tricky one. Um, if Brighton get get uh, those two fixtures rearranged, the Bournemouth and the Palace, it'd give them less to Bournemouth Palace Bournemouth. Um. Which isn't too too shoddy. A couple of games against Bournemouth, mm. with the way Brighton played against Liverpool, if they bring that to pitch every week, um, they're going to be putting a lot of teams to the sword. And plenty of the th- front three. Um, yeah, Almiron slowing down a little bit, maybe. Unless we're just being harsh. Um, it could go either there, either way that. It could be it could be a good move. It could be turned into a disaster. But like like Ben said, I, I like Matoma. I think maybe maybe March has just I don't know just hit a little bit of a a little purple patch that could end at any moment. And I I think Matoma's quality. I don't believe he didn't get that assist by the way. No, he didn't. And he didn't even get a rating. I know. <laughs> which doesn't it doesn't bode well for him, but. Yeah, if he gets that assist, he gets the rating as well. It's five points they lost. Bit of a, yeah, almost as bad as that Rashford offside decision. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of good assets from Brighton. Uh, wouldn't talk anybody out of bringing any Brighton players in, really. Just keep your eye on that fixture quantity. If you've got plenty of transfers and you've got enough, like, I mean, a lot of my sides, I haven't seen any opportunities, really, at the minute. Uh, so I've got about five or four, five or four in. All, all my teams apart from I did uh, create a dead team at the bottom of the league uh, but, but my uh, lowest scoring team uh, it's now a full Leicester team yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he scored zero <laughs> points this week um, so my me, me second team I'm going to kill off I'm going to bring in all Liverpool players because <laughs> they're nice and cheap now aren't they yeah Sully March yeah, lovely finishes as well, by the way. They're great goals. Um, Patrick Bryson. Um, a more uh, football-related question here. Almost halfway through the season and teams closer than ever. 
Who wins the Premier League and why? James. Well, I think it's Arsenal's to lose, really. Um, as long as they don't suffer any injuries to key players, um, I think they can do it. Um, City don't look quite as good as normal, although you wouldn't be surprised if they bounce back. Um I don't think you can rule. I mean, I thought it was eight points City behind Man United are nine points behind. I don't think you can rule if you're going to conclude City. I don't think you can disclude um, uh, Man United as well. Um, I don't think there's any other contenders though. Um, I, I think it's Arsenal's to lose. Connor will be upset that you've not uh, mentioned the other United. <laughs> what do you reckon, Andy? Uh, well, I more or less echo what James has just said. It's uh, Arsenal's to lose, as far as I'm concerned. Um, the thing is, uh, they've, they've played Newcastle. They got a, a nil-nil draw, and they've obviously uh, they've won the the the, the last game um, against Spurs. Now. They've got Manchester United next, and then three games later, they've got Man City. And if they can afford defeat in those two, I can't see them getting caught personally, um, even by Man City. Uh, Liverpool and Chelsea are the only other two sides that um, you know that have got the pedigree to obviously be to be able to put a run together. But if you look at Liverpool now, they're already. Uh, Far too far behind. This is nineteen points to behind Arsenal now, and Chelsea are no below chance. Liverpool. Sorry, no chance, mate. We're not no chance. Do it this year. So, <laughs> so the the only team that I think could possibly overtake Arsenal at this point, going on how well Arsenal have been playing all season, and everybody's expecting it to sort of like slack off, but they're showing no signs. Are slacking off, just like Newcastle are showing no signs of uh, slacking off and letting a bloody goal in. Um, so, yeah, I just think Arsenal are the probably uh, the, the team to beat, and I think that they probably will win. Uh, prefer, you know, if they if they don't lose to City when they play them in a few games' time, uh, I can probably see them winning the Premier League. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, I can't wait to see how they get on against Man City. Uh... They've got them in the FA Cup, haven't they, first? And then they play them away in the league. Um, yeah, you, you've got to say Arsenal now, haven't you? Um, but don't discount Man City going on a 12-game winning streak, catching up. But, yeah, Arsenal look the favourites now. Did you see on um, Twitter, uh, FPL Salah put a thing on, uh, the percentages of... Um, Oh, the odds, the odds of who's going to win. Um, I think it, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was something like fifty-five percent Arsenal, and then it was like thirty something percent um, Man City, and then like United was only Man United only five percent chance of winning it, and Newcastle two percent chance. I don't know if that adds up for a hundred percent, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Any like going off the top of my head. But yeah. Yeah, so um it looks like Arsenal now, doesn't it? Yeah, injuries they don't have the biggest squad, I don't think. And they've got a few key players that exist Saka. If they lost Saka on that right hand side. Um and Ketty has come in and done a job um through middle without uh without 
ripping up too many trees like uh, Party and Zaka in the middle of that that midfield are so pivotal to to their form and, and how they they've improved this season. Uh, they, they've got a really good understanding in the middle of there. I think if they lose one of them, there could be a few shaky moments ahead. But definitely with the way they're playing, um, it's, it's like I say, it's theirs to lose. Um, and and so far this season, other than Brighton, who have really impressed me on a few occasions, I think are still playing some of the best football. Um, Arteta's got them really well. I hold his. Yeah, they deserve it if they win it. In all honesty, City just haven't been at the races for a while now. United are improving under Ten Hag, but it's probably a little bit too too far this season, maybe. Um, but they're one to watch for next season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But Arsenal for me, if they can stay clear of injuries. So we've got a, a few questions here that are all covering the uh, a very similar topic. Carl uh, Gavigan um, and Mgu asking about the Newcastle block defence um, and what what def- what block defence to aim for, obviously with the European games around the corner. And David87, uh, what to do if you've only got one Newcastle defender? The block is ripping it up, but he's cautious to jump onto the Newcastle block with Europe on the horizon. So all very similar. Um, so what's the best attack in defence, Ben? <laughs> what? <sighs> eh? You, you've <laughs> caught me out there when you said, what's the best attack in defence? <laughs> <laughs> what's the best way of attacking it with your defence? <laughs> well, obviously, one of the best ways is uh, fixture count. Um, with Man United, they have uh, 10 guaranteed games until the end of February. Um, that's three more than Newcastle at the moment. Um, obviously, Newcastle can win their Carabao Cup semi-finals and then go play an extra game. Um, Man United are still in the FA Cup, so they'll probably get another game. Um, Man City, Man City are, are obviously a very good option. Got a nice tie against RB Leipzig in the um, Champions League as well. Yeah. They are the probably the three that I'm looking at at the moment. Um, obviously it can change later on in January. Another team could come into form, but at the moment it's looking like Man United, Man City, and Newcastle for me. Yeah. What do you think, James? Um, it's tricky, isn't it? It is tricky because they're in such good form. It's hard to say to somebody, jump off that Newcastle block. Yeah. Even though we'll always go, we'll always say play fixture volume. Um, but, but with the form, um, the amount of clean sheets, I get the hesitance, hesitancy to say mm. to somebody, yeah, ditch them. Them assets that have just scored you a shed load of points over the last five weeks, yeah, just get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it depends on how many fat transfers you've got left to a degree. Um, so if you haven't, if you've got loads, a few transfers left, I, I, I still think Newcastle have some great fixtures coming up. 
but he's yeah. but I mean David 87 is talking about you know he's worried about with Europe on the horizon well I think it's team dependent so if you've got if you've got transfers left I have got no qualms about to tell somebody bring bring, bring in um some Newcastle defenders for for the next four and then move them on next month um but it depends if they've got other priorities in the team, you know. Um, the, the other way of looking at it is you, you could say, "Well, I've missed out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pile in on United for their fixture count." But you know that that could backfire. Um, I luckily I, I don't have to answer, I don't have this problem because I'm I'm heavy into Newcastle. Um, it's a real tricky one. I'm not sure what I'd do if I only had the one Newcastle defender. It, it's just, it depends on your mini leagues as well. You know, if you're if you're at the top, I think bring in Newcastle. If you're chasing, jump on United, I would say, mm-hmm. for the fixture volume. But be careful which United defenders you pick because they've got a lot of choice, um, certainly at centre-back. Although they're playing Luke Shaw there for some reason. Yeah, so I three, can't three. quite get my head around. But three centre halves on bench and Luke Shaw. Who am I to question the mighty <laughs> Ten Hag? <coughs> <laughs> Andy. Uh, yeah, obviously the, the 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 few questions are sort of like centre around Newcastle now. What I want you to do is I want you to think about what happened in the first part of the season because obviously in the first part of the season. Um, there was also European fixtures. There were six extra games for teams that were in Europe and Newcastle weren't in Europe. However, uh, I think um, uh, Woolies, Matt Woolley, he did a little piece, didn't he, with regards to uh, the, the best team that you could have had for the beginning of the season. And you wouldn't have needed to make any transfers and you'd have been so many points ahead. Newcastle defenders featured in that team. Um, so Newcastle had less games and yet they still outscored. Yeah. And I don't think they were keeping um, clean sheets in the manner that they're keeping them now after yeah. we've come back from the World Cup back in the first part of the season. So, uh, yeah, Newcastle... A perfectly a perfectly good option, in my opinion, providing they keep doing what they're doing, regardless of whether they're in Europe or not, because they've also got the extra fixtures in the in the uh, Carabao Cup. Uh, so, like I say, they could have another three fixtures, and like I say, I've gone up to. Uh, at, I let things fester inside. You know, I've missed out on the Newcastle train in the first part of the season, and that's what shafted me. And it pains me to put Newcastle players in. Uh, But I I have had Kieran Trippier in, because at the beginning of the season, I thought he was going to be a fantastic scorer, which he has been. But now I've had to swallow my pride, um, and I've put in extra Newcastle defenders. Even if you miss the train... Do you know, you've missed the train by a mile, but they're still scoring those points. So you've got to forget about the points that you've missed. Just increase your ownership if that's the way uh, that it looks that, you you know, things are going. Because at the end of the day, you're going to f- drop further behind. And yes, Manchester United do have a bigger fixture count. Um, 
which is why I've increased from one Newcastle defender to two Newcastle defenders, and I've got three Man U, i.e. De Gea and two defenders, Shaw and Varane, yeah. in one of my sides. And in other sides, I'll have three Newcastle defenders and two Man U defence. So at least if you increase your um, toon uh, population in your side, uh, if they carry on keeping clean sheets, you're not going to drop behind as far. However, if they stop keeping clean sheets, you're not going to drop behind as far anyway because all the people that you're fighting against have got Newcastle defenders in. So, yeah, put Newcastle defenders in if you want, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, And only when they start letting goals in, that's when you think about taking them out. I just checked, and I keep I keep looking at this because it is it's quite interesting. The EO or effective ownership of Newcastle defence is now almost three, and that is wow. it's it's rising rapidly. Uh, it well, the last time we looked, it was under two, I think, or it's certainly a lot less. So it was yeah. just above two. Just above yeah. two. Yeah, you were probably just about holding rank with two, which. Yeah, I mean, it gets scary, isn't it? Um, if I only had one defender, um, one Newcastle defender, obviously, depending on how many subs you've got, money you've got and all that stuff, and who you've already got in defence, um, I think what Andy's done is probably the way I would play it. I'd probably have two Newcastle but then go for three United and hope maybe Newcastle concede and United keep clean sheets because um, it'll that would improve your rank. Um, that's the way I play it if you had one. Uh, touching on going into the European fixtures, and obviously it's going to be difficult to jump off the Newcastle players when they're scoring so well. Um, but I have earmarked um, where I think I'm going to look to jump off. Obviously, depending on rearranged games and other stuff, because once, once all these rearrangements... Um, get put in, we'll have a better idea of fixture count and other things. Yeah. Um, but, but I've earmarked um, we commence on the 18th of Feb, where Newcastle got Liverpool. Um, they then play a possible game against West Ham or Brighton. Then they play Brighton again. Then they got Man City. Uh, and then maybe a possible re-agent with Brighton. So they got the, the, the three games they've got in a row, there Liverpool, Brighton, City. They've got a hell, hell of a massive chance of conceding in those games. Um, Liverpool could score against anybody. They might be back on form at that point. Brighton have shown what they're capable of. City, obviously, a City. In that, you look at if you were to jump off. I think you're going to look at Arsenal there um, from the 18th of Feb. You've got Villa, Everton, Leicester, Bournemouth, Fulham, Crystal Palace. You've got a bloody lovely run. Um, and then obviously, I think they throw the European games in there as well, won't they? Uh, at some points, Ben. Did they, March. Will they throw the, uh, they throw the, the uh, European games in that March uh, gap there? Where about you saying? Is it at March with the European games? 7th for March, 14th for March. Well, Arsenal find out their opponent there, won't they? Yeah, they 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 don't go into Europe until March. Yeah. So, so you got the you got the playoffs. Well. 
you got the playoffs first, and then <clears throat> who are who Man United are playing the playoffs against Barcelona, mm-hmm. the last thirty-two, and then um, in March they'll come into the uh, European games. So from there, I think obviously uh, they got fixture counts, fixture quality, and they're the best side in the league. So for me. I'll be. Uh, I'll probably be moving off Newcastle there. Uh, it's it's going to be a big decision in my best side, which is sat twenty seventh. It will be a big decision, um, which way I go. Am I going to play it safe? Am I going to take the gamble? Um, I'm just going to go with what I've done all season and, and play fixtures, quality, and form, and see. How, I made see some notes. Later. Sorry, Tony. I, I made some notes on the you wait you the draw. <laughs> <laughs> um, the draws on the 24th of February yeah. and the matches will be played on the 9th and the 16th of March. Brilliant. So it does fit into them two uh, weeks then, yeah. doesn't it? Yes. They've got, they've got quantity of fixtures. So yeah, hopefully Carl and Goo, David, hopefully, hopefully that helps you out there um, going forward. Um, it's going to be tough, like I say, but these are the decisions that uh, make or break your season. Um, James, I know you put a note in here. He wants to have a bit of a chat about James Ward Prowse. Oh yes. Um, well, I, I just noticed um, the Saints have got um, decent fixture count this um, uh, for the remainder of the month. So they've got four fixtures. A lot of teams have got one or two. Um, you've got the likes of Newcastle and Forest with three. Um, the only other team with four fixtures. Um, remaining at the moment, at least, is um, is Man United. So, and um, James Ward Prowse is on form. Um, would you be temp- Would you boys be tempted for a punt there? Yeah, definitely. Scored yeah. two at the weekend. Um, let's say fixture count, fixture quality. It's decent. It's decent. The guy at the top of the. Um, the top of the dream team overall leaderboard brought in Ward Prowse and Jay Adams this week. <laughs> Jay Adams. He, he's, he's gone with gone without uh, Harland. Eighty-eight wow. points he scored this week. That's a bold, ballsy move, that is. But you know, I suppose it makes sense to a degree. He's it's like enough, sorry. Enough. What's that? Sorry, Andy. Sorry, I was just going to say, it's like in athletics, I can always remember, this is this is how uh, the best players in Dream Team play, it's a bit like a, a 100 metre sprint, um, you have to go on the B of the bang, Do you know, yeah. if the bang goes before you start running, then you've already missed it, uh, and maybe that's his idea, he's probably spotted that Harland is uh, going through a little bit of a lean spell, and he's jumping on a you know, a team which James has just pointed out, you know, uh, Southampton, Ward-Prowse and uh, Jay Adams. And Ward-Prowse has just got a couple of goals, so it's obviously probably uh, solidified his position at the moment, hasn't it? Um, just those two goals. Yeah. Well, he's certainly, he's nailed in that team. Um, and, and, and he is playing further forward than he normally does. And he, he's, he is a baller. Um, I just think... If he's playing as a number ten, um, 
He's on penalties. He's we know he's on most free kicks, um, if not ninety nine percent of them, for obvious reasons. Um, he might be worth a shot with four fixtures over. If you've got a player playing one fixture, would you take Wall Prowse for four fixtures? I, I'd be tempted. Certainly worth thinking about. Yeah. Definitely. Yep, definitely. He's, he, uh, he, he's so annoying though because like, I had Wal Prowse and some teams from the uh, the restart because of the Carabao, Car- Carabao Cup fixture against Lincoln and he got nothing against nothing against Lincoln. So I think I sold him straight away. <laughs> and then he scored against Brighton in the next game and I was like, oh, <laughs> and then, like, I think Patrick, uh, DT Patrick in the Discord, he, he was big on uh, uh, Ward Prowse before the restart, and uh, he had him in. I don't know if he carried on with him, but um, yeah, he, he was just, I had I had him in and I took him out because I think he was, he was a bit dearer than 4 million at the point when I had him. So I needed the money to bring some of the bit, uh, more informed players in. But now he's one of the. <coughs> mm. Did uh, that goal? He's the first goal he scored against uh, Everton. It reminded me of uh, a Gerrard goal. I can't remember who he scored against, but it was very similar. Where he like someone went to tackle him and he's cut cut inside with the ball, and then he just scored with the inside of his sorry the outside of his foot into the corner, just like a late late run into the box. Just reminding me of a Gerrard style goal. Mm. Why has he not been played in that position before? It's just ridiculous. Yeah. One point that I'd like to make, uh, gents, is uh, Ward Prowse is four million. Um, yeah. There's two players. Uh, Ward Prowse is ob- he's doing very well. He's getting an average of six points a game since uh, the World Cup finished. Uh, you've got. Odegaard, that's getting 8.7 points per game since the World Cup's finished. And Odegaard is uh, is cheaper than Ward Prowse yeah. by 0.6 million, isn't he? And they've also got uh, Solly March, who's 8.5 points on average per game since the World Cup finished. And he's 1.4 million cheaper. Uh, that was the only thing. But obviously... Uh, because he's got more fixtures, you'd probably expect the he's got more of a, a an upside than the other guys. So yeah, it's a good a good punt if you want to make it, but it's an expensive one because it's he's obviously four million, and there's other players that are performing better than he is that are cheaper than him at the moment. I think James is going to be putting him in his team with his five transfers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, be, I'll certainly thinking about it. With well, it, he, he's changed position. You, you yeah. can't you can't ignore that. If he continues in that position, I don't see why he shouldn't. Then I think um, he's only a short term pick. That's for sure. Yeah. You're not, you're not, well, you're not going to go into the European fixtures with Ward Prowse in your team. But they've they've got four to one over some sides. So I just thought it was worth pointing it out. Yeah, yep. it's just amazing how the uh, a week can change in football uh, teams' uh, fortunes in football. Hey, Southampton yeah. looking yeah, down yeah. and out, weren't they last week? And then they've had three good results in a week, and now they're yeah. now they're back on the menu. Let's yeah. not forget they've got a new manager as well, Nathan Jones, uh, yeah. who used to be the Luton Town manager. He plays uh, 
a direct form of football, which is kind of a little bit different to what how Southampton were playing before. But yeah, obviously, uh, Ward Prowse is uh, one of the boys that he has up front to hoof the ball up to. So yeah. Yeah, looking good for him. He looks like a good option. Odegaard and Ward-Prowse probably, probably look better options than these City lads at the minute. They're struggling. Uh, for them. Grealish came on and got a goal, didn't he? <laughs> didn't mean much, but yeah. Uh, talking about the Newcastle blocks, uh, did you, I watched that penalty live. That were unreal. <laughs> well, he slipped and I thought he put it wide and I'm like oh shit he's gone in turned around and then bought a free kick I'm like eh what's happened here and they retake it what's going on unbelievable what a charmed life the Newcastle clean sheets are living yeah that was very unlucky for that not to be a goal that was quite unlucky because it's sort of like he's standing foot that's what he slipped on and the ball sort of like just clipped it didn't it yeah. He did in. change the direction of the ball though as well. Yeah. Because he was going for over corner. But yeah, very unlucky. I'm, I'm, I was buzzing with that because I've got my best team's got uh, five Newcastle defenders mm. with the goalkeeper. So that, that's got yeah. me up to 1.9k now, my best team. Happy no, days. Very good. Yep. Happy days. Some big decisions ahead. Right. The uh, the mini leagues We've got three now to go through. Um, James, let's go through the uh, Dream Team Tonic Cash League top ten. Yep, in tenth uh, we've got Tom Brinley, ninth Leo Reed, tenth Dan Bartlam, seventh Andy Allett, sixth Tom Brinley, fifth Lee Watson, fourth Stephen Williams. Third, Andy Allert. Second, Simon Davis. And at the top still, with a fairly generous lead, we have Anthony Sutcliffe. (laughs) Still there. Go on, lad. Still there. 27th overall now. Um, 660th coming back after the break. Climb back into contention, so hopefully I can keep that up. I'll get knocked down. And now I get up again. Yeah, that's it, man. Chumba Wumba. <laughs> yeah. Chumba Wumba. They, they're from Burnley, aren't they? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Forget them, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't like Chumba Wumba. I, I right. think the guests should do the next one. I think the guest is going to have to do the next one, Andy. Oh, there's no problem me doing any of them because I'm not in the top ten of any of the league. <laughs> However, I am feeling a little bit confident now that the, the you know, like a... Uh, Things are starting to go well again. So, uh, yeah, the second chance Tonic Cash League. In 10th place, you've got Andrew Haynes. In 9th place, you've got Tom Brindley. Ninth, uh, joint 9th place, uh, Seth Osborne. In 8th place, the one and only James Fricker. Finally. I've had my name read out on the podcast. What, what's, yeah. that, what's, that what's, what's that stand for? B-A-T-B. Big at the back. Yeah. <laughs> ain't no big at the back this year, mate. <laughs> That's what the side started off as. That was my big at the back team, yeah. not my B-A-T-B. <laughs> oh, no, I've given up my secret code. 
<laughs> We've got two teams in joint sixth place. Andrew Haynes again. And Andrew Haynes again. He's doing very well. In fifth place, we've got Phil Russo. In fourth place, Gary Paul. In second place, joint second place, Anthony Sutcliffe. Is joint second place with Anthony Sutcliffe. <laughs> and top of the shop, ACDC, Ben Lee. Get in. Hey. hey. You're on a highway to hell there, Ben. Yeah. I'm coming <laughs> you, you know it, late riser. Second chance. Dream Team uh, tonic tri Trio at the top as well. It is. It is. Uh, second chance league. Very uh, closely closely matched all those sides, to be fair. I think there's a lot of new castle blocks in there. Yeah, that's my, that's my that's my team with five uh, Newcastle defenders in. Mm. We'll see who's the bravest to jump off first. Right, the DT Tonic Patron League. Um, in tenth, we've got Amandi Tatler. Um, in ninth, we've got Wayne Foster Crouch. In eighth, we've got Peter Franklin. In seventh, Nicholas Stephen. Sixth, Mark McKee. Fifth, Tom Brindley. Fourth, Stephen Broughton. Third, John Millier. Second, Jake Bevan. And top of the shot, we have 50 point lead, is Lee Uten. Well done, Lee. Well done. Na nice, Very nice lead there. Um, yeah. Uh, just so you know, uh, Andy touched on it earlier, I forgot to mention Woolies Waffle. Um, he mentioned an article that's exclusive to the Patreon. If you do want to join the Patreon, get involved in the Discord. Get yourselves across to patreon.com forward slash Dream Team Tonic. Uh, get yourself signed up. Get yourself involved. Um, there's obviously articles, uh, early access to the pod. And um, yeah, a brilliant Discord uh, for top, top managers. Uh, just a big shout out for our two newest patrons, uh, Peter McIntosh and Mac Naylor. Thanks very much for your support. Um, thanks to all the patrons for the support. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, Andy? Yeah? It's our pleasure to have you on, mate, as always. Oh. You're a top guest, top guy. Thank you very much for having me on. I've uh, really enjoyed it. You know, good luck for the rest of the season, mate. I'm sure we'll, we'll uh, hear from you before the end. So, yeah. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Ben. Thank you very Cheers, much. Andy. Thanks, Cheers, Andy. Thanks, Lance. Good, Ben. Thanks, See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.